This episode is supported by Earn In. Life doesn't happen bi-weekly, so why should payday? The money you earn now can be in your hands today with Earn In. Earn In is an app that gives you access to your pay as you work, up to $100 per day or up to $750 per pay period. Super, super easy to use. You just download the Earn In app and verify your paycheck. Then you can access up to $100 a day as you work and leave an optional tip. So the app is free. You can leave a tip if you want. Any money you access plus tips are automatically repaid from your next paycheck. So here's the thing. Sometimes getting close to your next paycheck, next pay period, and you realize, oh gosh, like paycheck doesn't come until next Friday, but we have this event that we need to attend this weekend and we need money for it. Or we have to buy a gift for someone. Or, oh my gosh, like my kid tore through their shoes and now we have to buy new shoes this weekend and the money's not in the bank yet. So Earning can help you access the money you've already earned at work by giving you this little bit of money in advance. So make Earnin part of your financial routine and join Earnin's over three and a half million customers who say things like, when I think about Earnin, I think about financial stability and security, and it gives me a lot of peace of mind. So for our listeners, all you need to do is download Earn In today. It's spelled E-A-R-N-I-N, and you can download it in Google Play or the Apple App Store. When you download the Earn In app, type in Shameless Mom under podcast when you sign up. So there'll be a little place where you can, where it says, what podcast did you hear about them on? Type in Shameless Mom under podcast. This helps to show support for our show and our advertisers. Earn In is a financial technology company, not a bank, and subject to your available earnings, daily max, pay period max, and location. See earnin.com slash TOS for details. Bank products are issued by Evolve Bank and Trust member FDIC. This is the Shameless Mom Academy episode 729 with Yvette Gentile and Rasha Pecorero. Show notes for this episode, including any links mentioned in the episode, can be found by going to shamelessmom.com and clicking on episode 729. Welcome to the Shameless Mom Academy. I'm your host, Sarah Dean. I'm here to give you and other passionate, driven, unapologetic moms tools, resources, and a little bit of humor to help you lead more positive, powerful, and purposeful lives every damn day. One of the best things about the Shameless Mom Academy is our community, so be sure to join us in our free private Facebook group to connect with other shameless moms just like you. You can find us over at shamelessmom.com forward slash Facebook. All right, let's dive into today's episode. Sisters Yvette Gentile and Rasha Pecorero are primarily recognized as the co-hosts of the wildly popular podcast, Root of Evil, the true story of the Hodel family and the Black Dahlia, a 2020 iHeartRadio true crime podcast of the year nominee. The dark story of their mother, Fauna Hodel's life, became a six-episode limited television series, I Am the Night, which premiered in January of 2019. Yvette and Rasha have now returned to the airways with a new weekly podcast, Facing Evil. In their latest venture, the siblings bring their unique perspective of growing up in a family with a dark history to true crime with a focus on the victims and individuals at the heart of the stories. If we can make a difference and teach each other how we can be better human beings by doing good in the world, we will have achieved everything our mother stood for, say the sisters. Our goal for this show is to find a light in the darkness and to bring awareness to those stories that are as deserving of the attention that our family has received. By shining light on these stories of evil, we strive to foster healing. Outside of podcasting, Yvette is also an actor, model, and sandal designer with her husband, Gino. 
She's an avid yogi who trains for and practices classes specific to individuals confronting distress and long-term pain and grief. Rasha was a fierce competitor on The Biggest Loser in 2006, and since then, she's advocated for beauty at any size as a plus-size model and married her wife, Vanna, in 2010. She's a proud LGBTQ plus advocate, an activist, mother, as well as actor and voiceover artist. Listen in to hear Rasha and Yvette share what it was like for Rasha to marry a man on national TV after being a contestant on The Biggest Loser, and then realize she was gay and come out of the closet in a very public way. Then they share the impact of their unique sister relationship of being a gay, straight-passing blonde woman and a black, biracial woman standing beside one another as sisters. They talk about what it's been like for both Rasha and Yvette to embrace the spotlight in big ways as the layers of their family story is shared across multiple media platforms. They dig into the impact and imprint of many tragic true crime stories on U.S. history. And they talk about how they have intentionally stayed away from the sensationalism and salaciousness in true crime podcasting. And instead, they have opted for sharing humanity, compassion, and empathy in their stories. I loved this conversation so much. I could have talked to Rasha and Yvette for so long. They are such incredible dynamic women and leaders and storytellers and podcasters and speakers. So I think you're going to love this conversation. There's so much in here. It's juicy. It's fun. It's light, but it's also heavy because we are not talking about light issues. So you're in for a bit of a treat today. Please join me in welcoming Rasha and Yvette to the Shameless Mom Academy. Rasha and Yvette, welcome to the Shameless Mom Academy. I'm so excited to have you both here today. What a treat. Oh, we're excited as well. Thank you for having us, Sarah. Thank you. And this will be a fun conversation because there's two guests. It's like <laughs> double the fun. No pressure. <laughs> for one special. <laughs> yes, it's so special. So when your team reached out and shout out to Mackenzie, who's also on this call, it reached out to pitch like, hey, would you be interested in having Rasha and Yvette on the show? I quickly started digging in and was like, yes, 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 yes. We have so <laughs> many things to cover. So just have us dive right in. I always ask people initially to kick off the conversation, what they're most excited about right now. So kind of beyond your bio and personal professional bio, what are you really excited about right now as we kick off 2023? Well, you know, I'll start. And I just have to say for me, a lot of times it's the little things mm. that I'm so excited about. Like, just everything that we've all been through, you know, over the last couple of years and going into 2023, it's just, you know, being alive, right? Like being able to get up and be healthy and breathe and get out and do your exercises. Like those are the simple things. The big yeah. things is, you know, taking facing evil, like to the next level, you know, of sharing stories and helping to heal others. Like that was, that's always been like our purpose because of our mother, you know, like that's how she started. So I'm just excited. I'm just excited to share more of who we are as sisters, as well as, you know, tell other stories on facing evil. We have a book deal eventually coming. So, you know, that's exciting. We're working on that. So, you know, just simple things, right? Just doing what you love. Yeah. Being passionate about it. Absolutely. Rasha, what about you? Well, all the things that my sister just said, <laughs> like, uh, ditto. Um, but in addition to that, like, I really, I feel excited about like stepping more into my power. Right. And when you put yourself out there publicly, 
you're not everyone's going to love you, right? And not everyone's going to appreciate who you are as a human being. And I'm learning to kind of let that kind of go off on my back because I know, you know, coming from, you know, we're born and raised in Honolulu, Hawaii, and I come from a place of what's called Pono, right? Like it's, you come from a good place. So I know that I'm being Pono and I'm trying to make the world a better place. Like our mom, Fauna Hodel, always wanted to do when she was alive. And I think I'm so excited about, yes, Facing Evil, the book deal, the possible TV shows, everything that's coming. But the main reason is because I want to be who I didn't have growing up, right? I want to believe that representation truly matters. Like by being an out Hawaiian blonde lesbian with a beautiful biracial straight sister, you know, like. I love all those layers, by the way. Like right? so many layers in there that are so amazing. You're like peel back that onion. Yes. Like, <laughs> and I just live my life out loud so that others can feel less afraid to live their lives out loud. And I think that's what I'm so excited about going into 2023, really. I appreciate that. I love that so much and appreciate it so much. And what I think is really powerful about that and all the layers that you just shared between (laughs) that are layers that are, you know, exist for both of you. When you decide to take that courageous step to live out loud and be seen for who you are and be open with that. And you recognize like, this is going to come with pushback. It's going to come with ignorance. It's going to come with people being disrespectful and probably come with some pain and anguish because of that. But also there's so many people that will be, there's a level of magnetism to that, that so many people will be so attracted to look at the person, or in this case, the sisters living out loud in these really unique ways and recognizing, oh, wow. Like, what does that mean culturally? And how does that create permission culturally for other people to do the same? And there's so much power in that. You hit it on the nail, like so much power in that just you know, sharing who we are, right, you know, and being able to have the open conversations, you know, that we have with all of the differences, you know, that we share and and with the world, you know, but Rasha, you know, I have loved my sister from the day that she was born. And I loved her even more when she came out, you know, and for me, like, when I think about, it hurts my heart when you hear stories, you know, where, the parents, you know, don't accept their children because, you know, they're gay or they're binary or, you know, whatever it is, mm-hmm. right? It's like, you have to go back and remember that love first yeah. and foremost, right? That is your sister. That is your child. That is your brother. That is your aunt. Like mm-hmm. see them for who they are, yeah, right? Absolutely. Not who they choose or what they choose, but who they are. And I, I feel like if we could all like step back and remember that, I think the world definitely would be a better place. Oh my gosh. God. Yes. Best ally ever. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. I want to talk a little bit about Rasha, you being so vulnerable in the public eye and sharing yourself through, which we haven't touched on yet. You were a contestant on the biggest loser. I I don't know how long ago that was. What year was that? So that was, we filmed in 2005, it came out in 2006, and I actually was on the couples edition. So that's, I did do some Googling on this and I did not find the year, but I did find photos, I believe of you and was it your husband or boyfriend? 
Okay, well, at the time he was my fiance. Okay, fiance. And, okay. Yep. And I was closeted for 30 years of my life. I'm now 44. And he was a wonderful human. <laughs> he just wasn't a woman. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we did the show together. And I loved every second of being on the show because I was obese the majority of my life. Right. And for me, going through that process, like he just came on the show to support me and be with me. I think he was the smallest man ever on the biggest loser, Mm. but it opened up my eyes. Like we ended up getting married on national television. And I knew that we we were not supposed to get married at that time. I think, cause I pushed down my homosexuality my entire life. Cause you know, Yvette and I have different fathers, but my father is openly homophobic. I haven't spoken to him or my stepmother since I came out in 2009. And I just pushed it down, push it down. And I remember getting into, Yvette, I don't even know if you know this whole story. I got into an argument with our mom the night before. And I think before your wedding. Yeah. Yes. And I can count on one hand, like how many times I have had an argument with our mom, you know, before she passed, because it was the three of us. We were three musketeers, Mm -hmm. me, Yvette and mom. And I got into this fight with her and I think I was creating that because I knew I was not supposed to be getting married. I wasn't. Mm -hmm. And I think I pushed it down so much because, you know, I know your listeners can't see me right now, but if you do Google me and see what TMZ wrote, I did not leave my ex-husband for my wife. We'll talk about that later, (laughs) but, um, (laughs) but I'm a very feminine woman. And other than the fact that I've been playing softball since I was seven, but most people would look at me and I have straight passing privilege. No one mm, yeah. ever knows I'm a lesbian until I talk about my wife, talk about our daughter together. And I knew as soon as I realized, like, I am gay, like I'm gay. Like I didn't cheat on my husband at the time. Like we were only together a few years, you know, cause I came out in 2009. The biggest loser came out in 2006, but I came home and I'm like, dude, I think I have a crush on a girl. I haven't done anything but we need to figure this out, you know, and we got divorced and I started dating. I went to therapy, all the things, and I found my truth. But in that truth, I also lost half of my family. Mm-hmm. You know, my father and my stepmother have been together since I was five. My stepmom is Japanese American and it's not acceptable in the Japanese culture, especially for a feminine presenting woman to be openly gay. Wow. And so I was like, I was tired of being muffled and being quiet. And so I haven't stopped talking since. And that's 2009. And that's the the short answer. And the world owes you a debt of gratitude. So thank you for opening your mouth and keeping it open. Yeah, I haven't been quiet since. And I, again, right, representation matters. I didn't have any openly gay women in my life. I had openly gay men. Our uncles, John and Michael, have been a huge positive influence for me, but I didn't have that openly gay woman in my life, you know? This episode is supported by AquaTrue. Having clean, safe water is the last thing you want to worry about. But unfortunately, according to extensive research by the Environmental Working Group, three out of four, yes, three out of four homes in America have harmful contaminants in their tap water. So that's why you got to check out AquaTrue. AquaTrue purifiers have a four-stage reverse osmosis purification process. And their countertop purifiers, which is what we have, take no installation or plumbing, and they remove 15 times more contaminants than ordinary pitcher filters. And they're specifically designed to combat 
chemicals like PFAS, which can lead to potentially adverse health effects like cancer, endocrine system disruption, and liver toxicity, which is part of what makes AquaTrue so special, unique, and important in terms of how they are able to filter water. They also have water purifiers to fit every type of home. So like the installation-free countertop purifier that we have at our house to higher capacity under sink options. They even have Wi-Fi connected purifiers and mineral boost options. So I'm so excited about our new AquaTrue. And here's the thing. I swear it's like a gentle reminder to actually drink more water every time you walk into your kitchen. So we are drinking more water now and also more clean water. So more water that is more clean feels like a double win. I'm feeling pretty impressed with us. I feel like sink water, tap water becomes invisible at a certain point. And when I see the purifier on my counter, it's like many time a day reminder to like keep drinking, keep drinking. So I want you to check out AquaTrue for yourself and for your family. AquaTrue comes with a 30 day money back guarantee and that makes it a great gift as well. Today, my listeners, can receive 20% off any AquaTrue purifier when you go to AquaTrue.com. That's A-Q-U-A-T-R-U.com and enter the code SHAMELESS at checkout. That's 20% off any AquaTrue purifier when you go to AquaTrue.com and use the code SHAMELESS, S-H-A-M-E-L-E-S-S, AquaTrue.com code SHAMELESS. This episode is supported by a podcast I want to share with you called Understood Explains. So this show is about navigating ADHD, dyslexia, and other learning and thinking differences, which can be so confusing. And so every uh, season of the show is around a different theme. So there's a season on special education, there's a season on ADHD diagnosis for adults, and the current season is all about IEPs. I love this podcast because the episodes are 10 to 15 minutes long. So if you are short on time or short on focus, you can take this content in super quickly, easily. It's very digestible. And the show is hosted by teacher and special education expert, Juliana Utube. So Juliana talks all about how to navigate educational plans, IEPs. She talks about the differences between IEPs and 504 plans. She really breaks things down in a really clear and simple way so that you have some of those questions that you might be thinking around, like, does this pertain to my child? Is this something I need to be looking into? Like, where do we go from here? Where do I go if I have questions? Juliana has you covered. She explains so many different things and so many different little pieces and nuance of IEPs and special education and different things on Understood Explains. So I want you to go check it out wherever you're listening to this podcast. You can go listen to Understood Explains. Just go into your podcast app, do a search for Understood Explains, and it will pop right up. Click on it, pick your episode, and get the answers that you've been looking for and the support that you need around different learning differences and differences in school. What has it been like for you to stand beside your sister and be on this like real living out loud journey? I mean, you know, in all honesty, she's taught me so much, you know. Can it, I back up for a minute? What's your age yeah. difference and who's the oldest? Oh, it's I'm the oldest. I'm 55. Okay. So okay. we're 11. I'm 44. Okay. Yeah, we're, okay. We're 11 I'm her baby. Oh, 11 years. So like significant difference. Okay. So go ahead. Continue. I know, but we don't look it. I know again, Google, right, you can see. Right, right. <laughs> I mean, I would have guessed like 24 and 26. Okay. Oh my God. Oh my God. Sarah. Sarah, I love you. You look quite young. Oh my God. I mean, you know, in all honesty, like I said earlier, you know, when Rasha came out, you know, yes, it wasn't a shock shock because you know, all of her boyfriends early on were very feminine. Yeah, uh, very pretty. They're very <laughs> pretty, you know. So it wasn't a major shock, but I just love my sister for who she is, you know. And in the very beginning, you know, I think we were all like, oh my God, like she just like everywhere she would go, she was like, 
I'm gay. I'm lesbian. I'm like, you know, <laughs> you know, it was just like nonstop. Now, you know, as she's gotten older, it's so powerful and so empowering to watch her live her life out loud, you know, and yeah. share it, you know, with others in the world and her daughter, you know, most importantly. So, you know, I come from a different era, right? You know, so she has really taught me, you know, about the pronouns and you know <laughs> all the things, you know, that we're constantly still learning and still evolving. But again, we've always had the best friends, even though we are many years apart, being able to communicate and listen to each other is really what has kept us growing and evolving as women and as sisters. So I'm just incredibly proud of her, you know, incredibly proud of her for being her. I love it. And I think what a like everyone wants to have that mentor. I grew up wishing I had a big sister, like wanting mm-hmm. to have like just someone who's always in your corner kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. And I can just hear and see Yvette, like how you do that with so much grace. Like mm-hmm. I'm here, I'm going to stand beside you. I'm going to be loud and proud with you. I might have some questions on definition. Right. <laughs> <of words. laughs> there might be some acronyms I'm not quite sure of yet, but I'm like here to learn them. So I just, I love that so much. And I'm, I want to know what prompted you to, as you know, Rasha, you were on this kind of public trajectory because the biggest loser launches people right into the public eye in a real aggressive way. Yes, (laughs) And some people run from that after the show and other, some people run from it and other people continue running into that spotlight. And so I'm curious what prompted you to, to step into the spotlight together and stay on that trajectory that you had been on Rasha. Well, I will say, so this is the thing. (laughs) We are the daughters of Fana Hodel and Fana Hodel. She has been in the spotlight and wanted to be in the spotlight from the time she was a little girl. And it, For her, it was because she wanted to make the world a better place, right? Mm -hmm. By telling the world her story. And then when she had us, like we ended up being the loves of her lives. And she said that every day that she was alive, every single moment, like nothing was left unsaid. But all three of us have always wanted to be in front of the camera. For me, I realized, you know, being thrown into, you know, the reality TV show world of doing The Biggest Loser, I realized that I enjoy being myself in the public eye, not so much like acting or, you know, cause I've been a plus size model for years and years and done other acting things. And my sister has been a model from a very, very young age. And she's always, and I, I won't speak for her. She'll chime in in a second, you know, wasn't always wanting to talk about her own story, more of the modeling, the acting, playing a different character. And for me, it just really settled into my soul that I loved being me. Mm -hmm. And from a very young age, I would record like radio shows and, you know, I'd be singing or doing all this other stuff. And I, I realized like when podcasting was introduced to us, when we did Root of Evil, you know, flash forward all these years later, I was like, this is it. And I get to work with my best friend and my sister and tell our stories and take the shame out of all of our family secrets and just be open and honest. And we all, you know, the three of us, you know, me, Yvette and mom always loved Oprah. And it's like, I just feel like Oprah, like she was always like, let's just share stories and evolve and be better people. So I love the spotlight for that reason. And I think that's similar to our mom, but I'll let 
Yvette answer that as yeah, well. <laughs> this is, you know, we could go on this question for a long time, Sarah. <laughs> I'm our loving mom, it. I know our mom always wanted, you know, Rasha and I to do something together because, you know, she had a biracial daughter. She had a blonde, blue-eyed daughter. So, and she was all about uniting, you know, mm-hmm. and we were that vision. We were yeah. the United Nations, basically. So <laughs> totally. for her, for us to do something together, to write a book, like she was, she had seen this like from a very, you know, very young age, you know, because my mom was a young mother. She always wanted that for us, but we were always on our our different path. You know, I started out in modeling and acting and pageant. So I was always, the way I could describe me is I'm a Leo, right? And I come alive when I'm on the stage and I like to be other characters, but in real life, I'm very mysterious, so to speak. Like I don't have to tell everybody everything. That's just never been me. So fast forward, like Rasha said, to Root of Evil, when all of this projected out to the world. And now the world knows, you know, basically all of your family's, you know, darkest secrets. It brought a little anxiety in all honesty Mm -hmm. to me because I'm someone who is, you know, doesn't tell everything, you know, but the beauty about this, and I just wrote something about it the other day. It's like, sometimes, you know, you think you're on a certain path, right? You think your journey is going in this direction. And then something happens, something traumatic happens, like the loss of our mother, which was the most traumatic thing that has ever happened to us in our lifetime. And because of her, you know, this podcast came about. So now the journey you were once on, now it has taken you on another purposeful journey. And that has taught me to, that my voice is important, you know, to share, you know, what I know, am I, you know, a brainiac? No, but what I have to say has importance, you know, and has wisdom behind it through what I have lived. And I think that is the beauty of this podcasting space that we have is being able to have these deep, honest conversations, you know, in a safe space. So Yeah. It's because, you know, I can, I I go back again. It's because of our mother, you know, and because of how we were raised, you know, we were raised. Our mother was always telling her story, always, always, always telling her story. But the beautiful thing about our mom, and I think that's the gift that she gave Rasha and I, she wasn't just about her story. She had the compassion and the empathy where she wanted to hear your story as well. And I think that's the goal that Rasha and I have. Like that is the heart of who we are because we are so different. Like we want to know, you know, how are you feeling? How did you overcome? How did you get through this darkness to the other side? Yeah. And that's why it's so, this is such a purposeful mission, you know, that we're now on. So yeah. Our calling. Totally. It's so interesting because it seems like it just speaks to like, your genetic identity, like the genes, it's like part of your DNA, but then also part of your like gifts and like the synergy that you bring together. There's so many layers to kind of what a perfect path it seems to be. I want to talk about facing evil. And so having your family story be shared in this really public way and having been through trauma 
yourselves and navigating that. How do you think Facing Evil brings a unique perspective to the true to crime podcast space, which is a massive, massive <laughs> like segment of podcasting? Oh, yes. Yeah. Yes. It's a loud, loud room in there. Ooh, like, it is. Your voice is no small thing, I'm sure. And this is a conversation yeah. Yvette and I have every single every day. day. <laughs> yeah. And we've been working on Facing Evil since we met Donald Albright in 2020 at the iHeartRadio Podcast Awards when we were there being honored for Root of Evil, but he saw something really special in Yvette and I, and we've always wanted to, again, work together like our mom raised us to, you know, and this is like the perfect pairing. And so it's been a long time coming, but Donald's the first person who really saw Yvette and I as being able to change the true crime space. Like mm. true crime is amazing. Root of Evil was amazing. All the other shows out there are amazing. Facing Evil is not like anything else that's out there because we haven't encountered, like, what do you do after your friend is murdered? What do you mm. do after you go through this horrific thing in your life? Like you have to, you know, overcome evil. You have to you know, have those conversations. Like we're not about the sensationalism of true crime. Yes. Our family is, and forever will be connected to a gruesome and horrific crime in America, you know, whether, you know, our great grandfather really did kill Elizabeth short or not. Like it doesn't matter. It's really, that's not even the point. The point is we're using this platform that we've been given to highlight others' stories and to help them move through it. It's healing for us. It's healing for them. And I think that it's going to change the game. It's just taking a little bit of time for people to catch up with it because they're so used to one way Mm -hmm. and we're doing our best, right, Yvette? (laughs) Yeah. yeah. And, you know, again, you know, when we got into the podcast industry, because like we said before, like when we did Root of Evil, like we were like, what is a podcast? (laughs) Right. (laughs) What is that? Okay, sure. We'll do it because that was related to our story, our mother's story, our family's story. But now you fast forward to Facing Evil and, you know, we were getting a lot of before we met Donald, who is amazing, Tenderfoot TV has been like dynamite with us. But before that, you know, people were reaching out and they wanted us to do, you know, salacious true crime. That's not in our DNA, you know, like we're talking about. That's just not in our DNA. Yes, it's in our family history DNA, mm-hmm. but who we were raised by was this warm, positive, bright spirit who instilled, you know, finding the helpers, looking to the light, being positive. So trying to take that, you know, who we are as human beings and put that into a, you know, storytelling true crime podcast is a process because like Rasha said, so many people, you know, when they listen to true crime, they want to know the whys, the hows, you know, the statistics, the this, the that, who did it? Yes, we want to share that with you, but we want to get you to the other side of that, right? How you overcome that or how these people have taken that, again, that darkness and somehow evolved it into light, you know, and 
that it's a very hard thing to do, you know, and that's what we are trying to do in these stories. And like I said, you know, so many of these people that in these cases that have known the victim, like it has changed the trajectory of their lives. You know, some people who have become lawyers, you know, or private detectives because of what happened in their life. Right. Absolutely. So it's telling those stories that impact us all in a way where we can, and I say it all the time, you know, be better and do better, Mm -hmm. you know, just by sharing your story, someone will hear it and they'll think twice about their own story or having a resource, you know, where someone can tap into. So it's an ongoing process for us, you know, with facing evil, because we don't want to be like every other crime show, you know, and at the end of the day, we're just sisters too, you know, we're, we're sisters sharing our unique perspective on our lives, as well as 100% having empathy for those other people and their stories. Yeah. Something that strikes me in everything that was just said is removing the salaciousness, which I know has a certain level of appeal and attraction mm-hmm. and bringing in a layer or level of humanity, which would include like compassion and empathy, but yeah. also nuance. And I think that when I read news stories and crime-based news stories, I'm often really curious about like the person that did the thing who everyone is deemed to be so horrible because they've done a really horrible thing. Sure. Like yeah. what's their, like, how did they get there? How did yeah. they And, you know, like we're writing this at the time of the Idaho for college students in Idaho and the most horrendous story. And they just in the last week have caught this suspect. And I'm so not because I want to dishonor the victims in any way, but I'm like, who is this guy and how did he get there? And like, what happened in his life? And what's so when we think about crime and we look at the nuance of all the different angles and the connections and the people who know the people and there's so much in there. And I think there's so much to work with to shed light on the humanity part of it, not just the, like the sensational part of it. And I love that you're able to do that um, in facing evil. We're doing our best. I mean, cause yes, like we're the same as you, Sarah, like, I want to know, like, you know, if this, of course we have to say allegedly, like yeah. if this is really the person who committed these horrific murders. Yeah. I do want to know why. Mm-hmm. you know, why he got there. But like, if we were covering that case on facing evil, I'd want to talk more about the four victims before they were victims. Yeah. 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 You know what yeah. I mean? Like that's, and what good is going to come from this? Like, how do we prevent something like this from happening again? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. I mean, just like, you know, we did the Eileen Warnos case, right. With, and we had on Patty Jenkins, who is a dear friend, a family member of ours, you know, and just, you know, dissecting that, right. Of what happened to her to make her into this monster yeah. was a whole nother story in itself. Yeah. You know? yeah. So I, yes. What you're saying is a hundred percent correct. It's about humanity. And and that's what it all starts with. Because if someone is treated like a dog, they're going to grow up to bark and growl like a dog. Right. Totally. So yeah. But you can also always choose the light. 
you know, even if you were treated a certain way or raised a certain way, like I personally believe that you can always, you know, choose the light instead of the darkness. And and, and I, yeah, and I do have different dynamics on this. I do too, but I do believe, and that's where, you know, in our, the new launch of Facing Evil, we're going to have doctors and psychiatrists because this is Ooh. where it's so important because yes, I do believe people can always make a choice. But then I also in my heart do believe that people can be so beaten down and not have the resources to pull themselves out of it or the support system to pull themselves out of it. That just keeps festering inside, you know? So yeah, that could be a conversation, you know, all day long too. (laughs) How long do you have Sarah? I know. So interesting. And yeah. And I think that, and, you know, kind of going back to you talking about your mom and how she was so like compassionate and passionate and really like soulful about and intentional about unity and bringing people together and finding the good and all that. And it's like, you can usually find that, but sometimes you have to look at it from all these different angles and you can take things that look that are really ugly Mm -hmm. and still like find the light in someone Mm -hmm. in unlikely places, which I think is just so fascinating. I'm curious if there's episodes and you have mentioned a little already, but for each of you, if there's like an episode or two, that's especially meaningful to you or, you know, exemplifies this dynamic in a way that you want to share. I saw that question on the list and I'm like, there's every time you do a case, right. (laughs) As we pick these cases. So Mm. it's like they all of them resonate in a different way with you. You know, for me, there's so many, but I'll, I'll name a couple. One of the first cases or maybe second or third case we did was about a young girl by the name of Tina Fontaine, who was from Winnipeg, Canada. She was 15 years old and went missing and was murdered. You know, the sad thing about this case is that she was in the foster care system. And there were so many times that if someone would have just reached out to really look at this child and see that she needed help, she would still be alive. You know, just that one person that of caring that empathy, right? Yeah. And, you know, just again, we go back to all of the native and indigenous women that are still missing, you Mm -hmm. know, and nobody knows anything. It's just mind blowing. And then To fast forward to a new case, you know, that will be coming out, you know, when we launch again, which was really impactful for me. And that was talking about Harry and Harriet Moore, which it was, I had never heard about this case in the fifties. And it was a young black couple were the first, you know, in the civil rights movement doing amazing things in Florida. You know, they were both teachers. One was a principal and they were getting black voters I mean, not black, excuse me. Well, they were getting, you know, you know, the black voters to vote, but they were also, you know, working really diligently (laughs) to get the black teachers, you know, higher pay. Mm -hmm. And I get so like into this, but, and, you know, Harry was documenting all of the lynchings that were happening you know, in this area. So they were like one of the first in the NAACP before Martin Luther King, before Rosa Parks, and they were killed on Christmas day on their anniversary. They put a bomb under their bed Mm. and 
But the light in this is all these years later, there's this amazing cultural center, the Moore's Cultural Center in Florida that tells this story. But, and we interviewed these two amazing women who run it and the light that people come out of that with, like they are forever changed, Mm, you know, by hearing this story and knowing what has changed since then. Yes. Do we have a lot of work to still do? Of course we do, Mm -hmm. but it's just history. Those are mine. I mean, I go on and on and on. Rasha, you go. Yeah. Thank you for that. I love that. When we started, you know, facing evil, like when having the first initial conversations, there were two cases. I was like, we have to do this. If we don't do this, (laughs) Like I'm walking away, (laughs) um, but again, because we want to, you know, give voices to the voiceless and help, you know, amplify marginalized voices, Matthew Shepard and Marsha P. Johnson are the two cases that I knew we had to do. And for me, of course, you know, Matthew's murder, you know, hit me to my core because I grew up with a homophobic and abusive father. And so I, you know, and Matthew and I are around the same age, you know, and he was murdered when I was, you know, feeling like I was just about ready to come out. And I got pushed back in the closet because I thought I was going to die. And was he open? I'm not familiar with this story. Was he open? Yes. So, well, yes and no. So, but Matthew Shepard, he was murdered by two homophobic men and it was considered a hate crime. Okay. But the beautiful bright light in that is his two killers were on death row and Matthew's family said no. And they believe in the death penalty. But they, his, mother, his mother, Judy Shepard. Yep. Yeah. Judy Shepard really wanted to save these two souls. And that was like, to me, like to watch that was amazing. To tell his story was amazing. And, you know, the hate crime law that was passed years later after Matthew's murder, you know, his name is in that bill along Mm -hmm. with James Byrd, which is another case that we did, which was a hate crime towards, you know, African-American man. And Mm -hmm. there's just so many things. And Marsha P. Johnson was the most iconic LGBTQ plus human in our community. And we believe she was murdered, but according to the NYPD, she killed herself. And that's, Oh, interesting. That's not what we think. happened. Yeah, yeah, she was yeah. one of like the forefront, you know, runners of Stonewall that created okay. pride that created, you know, me being able to marry my wife and us mm-hmm. be able to have a daughter together. Like I just always want to honor those who came before me. Yeah. And the beautiful thing about that story is I didn't know about it. You know, so my sister shared this story with me. I had no idea who Marsha P. Johnson was. And again, to learn that story was so deeply moving for me, you know, and then to go to Pride with Rasha here in San Francisco, Mm -hmm. where I live and I had never been before. I had a completely different vision, you know, of what I was seeing. So again, evolving, learning, having a safe space to have these conversations. This episode is supported by Air Doctor. 
You probably don't know that Americans take in about 20,000 breaths per day and spend an average of 90% of their time indoors. The indoor air that we breathe can be up to 100 times more polluted than outdoor air, according to the EPA. Indoor air pollutants can cause upper respiratory symptoms like sneezing, coughing, congestion, scratchy throat, and even more serious health problems like lung and heart disease. So what's the solution? Introducing Air Doctor, the air purifier that filters out 99.99% of dangerous contaminants so your lungs don't have to. This includes allergens, pollen, pet dander, dust mites, mold spores, and even bacteria and viruses. I am so excited that we just got our own Air Doctor for our house, and we will have it all up and running and ready to go in time for all the things that come with spring weather, but also smoke season, which is just around the corner for those of us in the Pacific Northwest. And I know many of you across the country. So here's how you can get your own Air Doctor. First of all, Air Doctor comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee. So if you don't love it, just send it back for a refund minus the shipping. Head to airdoctorpro.com and use the promo code SHAMELESS and you'll receive up to $300 off of air purifiers. Exclusive to our podcast customers, you will also receive a free three-year warranty on any unit, which is an additional $84 value. Lock in this special offer by going to airdoctorpro, A-I-R-D-O-C-T-O-R-P-R-O.com and use the promo code SHAMELESS. That's airdoctorpro.com, code SHAMELESS. Hey there, I'm Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilt Parenting and the author of the book, Differently Wired. The mission of Tilt is to change the way neurodivergence, whether that's having a learning disability, having ADHD, being gifted, autistic, or some combination of all of the above, is perceived and experienced so differently wired kids and the parents like us raising them can truly thrive. On the Tilt Parenting Podcast, I get to talk with authors, therapists, educators, and parenting experts who are committed to this mission. I ask the questions my listeners are most curious about when it comes to supporting our kids. And in turn, my guests share strategies for challenges, out-of-the-box ideas for navigating school, best practices for therapies, tips for advocating, and so many thoughtful insights on what it really takes to help our kids grow up feeling seen and respected so they can create awesome lives for themselves. I know that raising a differently wired kid can feel overwhelming and isolating, but I promise you, you are not alone and it can feel so much better. If you're on this parenting journey, come listen to Tilt Parenting. Together, we can shift this paradigm and show up for our exceptional kids with hope, possibility, and joy. I love that the examples that you gave, each one of them, and I think that this is, there probably are connections in any story that you cover that that can lead to this calculation, but that in each story that you shared, there's this imprint on history and like this imprint that leads to direct impact on history, whether it's in the form of policy or it's in the form of a memorial that has, you know, touches people in a certain way or like, and that piece is just so incredible. And I think that's where, you know, circling back to where we started, when we talk about being like out and loud and proud and Mm -hmm. sharing your story and using your voice and being in the spotlight like that's what you open the door to when you choose to live out loud. Exactly. But because you do that, some, you know, people aren't going to want to hear that history. Yeah, true. And so they're going to try to rip you apart, but that's okay too. And and, yeah. And I, you know, I tell my sister this all the time, you know, in this world, right. And I'm going to say this for all of us, you cannot please everybody all the time. Nor should we want to, because that is too much pressure. We can just come from a very honest, authentic place 
and be who we are. Absolutely. (laughs) Yes. I'm curious how you choose topics for your episodes. And, and I I also say, I listen to these two women who have a podcast on um, motherhood. It's not a true crime show, but they both love true crime. And they talk about how, like in the true crime genre, it's a lot of people sharing the same stories and cases. And so I'm curious how you, and you're for people who can't see the video, Rasha is like for <laughs> <in your head. laughs> oh, Yep. <laughs> There's uh, nothing that hasn't been covered. <laughs> right. So like, how do you pick stories to be like, okay, this is the thing we're going to cover and it's probably been covered before, or we're like, uh, how do you find stories and choose stories and topics? Yeah, well, most importantly, we end with a imua, which in Hawaiian mm-hmm. means moving onward and upward. So every story that we cover, so when we have a meeting, you know, with our team, we have to find a imua in that story. Okay. Or else there's no sense for us to do it. You know, there has to be a power. There has to be a message. There has, from this darkness, there has to evolve some light. Whether, like you said earlier, like we said, you know, there's a change in legislation or like with Judy Shepard, who Matthew's mother, who, you know, her son was, brutally killed. And yet she had this deep compassion and empathy for the men that killed her son. Like that is, you know, beyond anything that we can Mm -hmm. comprehend. Right. But that's the other side, right? That's the other side of that. We have to be able to find the light in it. So we have meetings, you know, and pitch meetings where we talk about these stories. And and again, Rasha and I decide whether we want to do that because if we can't find the real deep substance in it, you know, mm-hmm. it's hard to do, you know, it's really hard. I to love do. that connection to your values that you're and kind of, you know, going back to like, this isn't just for the purpose of salaciousness or sensationalism. Like, so it has to connect to the values of the show, the mission of the show, yes. which I think is always such a great like filter through which you can make decisions to be like, Oh, well, this <laughs> sounds interesting. This might be fascinating. We might get a lot of downloads, but like, is this, aligned with the values of the show, the mission of the show, et cetera, which I think when you're in this, uh, when you're a content creator, that's like a a filter that you have to always keep on. And sometimes you can lose track of that. (laughs) So I love that you have that as a check. What did did you want to add to that, Rasha? No, Yvette hit everything right on the head. Like our team. So we have iHeart, we have Tenderfoot, we have researchers, we have an editor, we have producers, and we have the two of us. So we all bring it you know, every few months we'll have a pitch meeting and talk about the different cases. But if someone will say, oh, let's do, you know, this, you know, serial killer who murdered X, Y, Z, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, what's the Imua in this one? Mm -hmm. You know, like, of course it's horrific that this happened, but I have, again, we have to find that light in the darkness. Otherwise, yeah, we're just contributing to everything else that's already out there. Yeah. And no disrespect to other popular, you know, true crime podcast hosts, but there aren't any other true crime podcast hosts out there like Yvette and I. There's not an openly gay woman who has a biracial straight sister who are their family is connected to a horrific murder. They're the majority of the true crime, you know, podcasters out there are and nothing against them, but it's straight cisgendered white women. Mm-hmm. And I think that has, it's changed, not changed the game, but that's what it's been. And mm-hmm. I feel like 
you know, the stories that we pick, we want to talk about things that aren't being talked about. Or if we are going to talk about, say, Lacey Peterson, you know, we want to bring something different to it. Mm-hmm. Right. Cause, or John Binet, I mean, there's yeah. all so many things, but yeah, we have to be okay talking about it and not want to like throw up when we're doing our research. About it. <laughs> totally. And I, yeah. And I have to add on to that too, because, you know, we did go to the podcast movement mm. last year. I've and- been many times. Oh, not in re- I haven't been. I haven't been in the last few years, but I've been many times. Oh, but we, so we, had awesome. never, we had never been. And I was, I was really surprised at the diversity. So it is, yeah. the game is changing for sure. For mm-hmm. sure. Because yeah. so many voice, so many different voices out there, you know, need to be heard. So I think that, you know, the uniqueness about Rasha and I is that we are sisters and, mm-hmm. you know, the connection that we have you know, through our family history, but more importantly, through our mother, right. And what she instilled in us. And we just really want to be our authentic selves in telling these stories. And, and, you know, and it's hard, it's hard in a true crime genre to get that fit just right. So, you know, it's a work of art. (laughs) You're absolutely right. It absolutely is. Content creation is an art for sure. Mm -hmm. And I want to, because I know my listeners are conscientious in this way. I want to point out that when people choose to consume content, whose content you choose to consume matters. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, if you're only reading books by like white women, that says something. If you're only listening to podcasts by what I'm saying this as a white woman podcast. Sure. So right, when you, right. so I think that if you're looking at like, okay, if you're someone who loves true crime and then thinking through like, okay, so are you only following stories that are being seen through one very common lens, lens, right? Mm-hmm. That's really, really important. And so I appreciate everything that you just said from, I know my listeners are so conscientious about consumption to be able to think through, okay, I want to hear these kinds of stories that are specifically coming from the people who don't commonly tell these kinds of stories. And I think that part's really significant. Yeah. And that's, that's an interesting comment because for me, right. Being biracial, like I don't even like think my mind doesn't think like that because, you know, I have a sister that is gay. You know, I have a father that is black. My mother was white. My husband is Italian. All my friends are the United Nations. So I want to hear everybody's story, Yeah, yeah. you know? And that's just the beauty of sharing, you know, Mm -hmm. but you're absolutely right. You got to change it up. We all have to change it up, you know? Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. Final question for you two. How are you currently showing up shamelessly? And Rasha, if you want to make it specifically about how you're showing up as a shameless mom, we're here for that too. Oh my gosh, I love that. Well, we are on the shameless mom podcast. So we have So I will I'll share this. So my shameless little tidbit. I was giggling at myself because right now my poor wife, like she has, it's not the flu. It's not COVID. I took her to the doctor yesterday, but she's sick as a dog. So I had to sleep on the couch last night in my like plaid pajamas. And I like rolled out of bed to take, you know, our 11 year old daughter Leilani to school. And I was like huddled down, like in the car. I'm like, why did I go in the car in my pajamas? (laughs) I love it. You know, and I, I like came home and I made this like little reel on Instagram and I'm like, if you saw me in my pajamas from last night, <laughs> taking my daughter to school. No, you didn't. Yes. <laughs> and it's like, you have to laugh about things like that. Right. Absolutely. Like, yeah. And 
shameless to me. I lived with shame for so long, like, you know, hiding who I was, not living my life out loud that now, like, I don't think shame is a real thing for me. Cause like, I'm just going to be who I'm going to be and be out loud. And I'll show that little reel to my daughter later. And she'll laugh at me. Like she didn't care that I was in my pajamas, you know, like she was just like, Oh, one of my moms is taking me to school. This is great. You know, (laughs) love it. Yeah. But that's just, you know, just don't be shameless. Just be out of your dorky, amazing self. No matter 100%. Agreed. 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 And it's so funny because I can just share this. Like, you know, I'm thinking, okay, the shameless mom, well, I'm not, you know, I don't have any children, but for all the, you know, women out there who don't have, you know, the shameless mom, you know, I don't want to say stereotype, but you know what I mean? You guys know what I mean, right? Like we're all moms, right? In our own way to our friends, to our sisters to our nieces, (laughs) nieces, our babies, you know, so it's like, just, again, it's just about living out loud and being proud of who you are, where you've been, what your journey is and what your journey is going to be, you know, just take the mask off y'all. And Hey, absolutely. And I say that I have to say this too, like, God forbid anything happens to me or my wife, like Leilani is being raised by her auntie Yvette and she Mm. knows that, but But nothing's going to happen to you. Nothing's going to happen. But beside that point, like my sister helps me parent and she helps me be a better parent because she was stricter with me than our mom ever was, (laughs) you know, like I've never done drugs or, you know, like never smoked a cigarette. Cause I was afraid that my big sister would be like, what the hell are you doing? <laughs> like, oh my God. I love it. I'd be coming yeah. for you. <laughs> yeah. But I think we all parent in different ways. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I, and I 100% agree. I think mothering can look like a million different things. Yeah. So I, yeah. I yeah. appreciate that yeah. point so much. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Okay. So Rashi and Yvette, where can people find you? Where can they find facing evil? Where can they connect with you on all the good stuff? I know my sister's going to make me say this one because I am a walking billboard for us and for facing evil. So facing evil, the first, you know, couple dozen episodes you can find on all streaming platforms. Of course, we're supposed to say you should go to the iHeartRadio app, but you can find it on every streaming platform. Wherever you get your podcast. Wherever you get your podcast. Got it. And both Yvette and I are on Instagram. I'm at Rasha Pecorero. Yvette is at YW Blend. Thank you for saying that, Rasha. You're welcome. (laughs) And at Facing Evil is we don't have control over it. It's our team does, but we see everything that gets posted. So <laughs> nice. Excellent. Well, we will have that all linked up in the show notes. So if people go to shamelessmom.com, click on the episode with Rasha and Yvette, you will be able to get all those links. And again, you can listen to facing evil wherever you are listening to this interview on whatever podcast platform that is. Oh my goodness. Rasha and Yvette, thank you so much for being here. This has been so, I mean, like it's been, I feel like we've touched on some soul work. We've had some good laughs. We've we've really crossed a large spectrum here. So um, thank you for being here and all that you brought to this conversation. And I want everyone to go check out Facing Evil as well after this. Uh, Thank you, Sarah. Mahalo. Mahalo Nuiloa, Sarah. You are a beautiful, beautiful human. And we are so thankful that you invited us. Thank you. Oh my goodness. Thank you both.
Thank you so much for joining me in the Shameless Mom Academy today. I really, really appreciate you being here and I hope you learned something new. As always, this conversation will be continued over in our free private Facebook group. You can join that group by going to shamelessmom.com forward slash Facebook to connect with other shameless moms just like you. Additionally, if this is your first time listening to the show, know that we are here every Monday and Wednesday with a brand new episode. So make sure you subscribe, go to whatever podcast app you use and subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode. You can do that directly if you go to shamelessmom.com forward slash review that will put you in Apple Podcasts where you can click on the subscribe button and you can also leave a review. If you scroll down a little bit, you can leave a five-star review. You can write a few sentences letting me know what you thought about the show. If you let me know how the show has impacted you in becoming a more shameless mom, you might be nominated to be shameless mom of the week. Also, please share this episode. My goal is to help more mamas be more shameless every damn day. So please do share this episode. You can take a screenshot of the episode on your phone and then share it out on social media. Tag me at the Shameless Mom Academy on Facebook or Instagram. I'm quick to reply and eager to send you Facebook love and love to be connected to all of you. So again, thank you for being here. I can't wait to be back here again with you in just a couple days. And until then, no matter what you do today, make sure you do it shamelessly. comes to raising kids, there's so much to consider. Things like, what do we feed them? When do we feed them? How do they sleep? What does it look like to raise kind kids? How does their nervous system work? How do I keep myself calm? What are my triggers? There's so much that comes into play, and we are distilling all of that information for you at Voices of Your Village podcast, where we bring experts in the field of early childhood and education and psychology and across the board so that you don't have to comb the internet for information. You get to show up and hang out and have shame-free, judgment-free conversations and insights into what it looks like to raise kind, empathetic, emotionally intelligent humans. I'm Alyssa Blask Campbell. I have a master's degree in early childhood education. I'm a mom of two, and I am walking this journey right alongside you doing this work. Come hang out with me at Voices of Your Village, and we can dive into real conversations with actionable tips.